0: This is the Made It in Music Podcast, Show 102. Welcome to the podcast, where we bring you tools and resources to help you go full time in music and to stay in. The music business is a roller coaster ride, changing faster than any of us can pay attention to. We all need a competitive edge to stay ahead and to stay successful. What's working, what isn't, and what's coming? That's exactly what this show is all about. Back again with Full Circle Music, the Made It in Music podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Seth Mosley, host of the Made It in Music podcast. Very exciting episode today. We've got Dave Barnes, absolutely hilarious. He's an incredible performer, incredible songwriter. You may have heard his songs not only on Christian Radio, topping the charts, but also he's had a couple country number ones to speak of. Yes, country number ones. You may have heard God Gave Me You by none other than Blake Shelton. That was a big, big song. Love that song. God gave me you for the ups and downs. Yeah, you're welcome. I just gave you a full circle rendition of that. And yeah, you may have also heard Thomas Rhett's Craving You. That was a big, big song. Number one, Dave Barnes, also a co-writer on that one. So this guy's been on a roll. He's been on a winning streak for a long time. And what I was really, really excited about is to learn about his new uh, record that came out a little bit ago. His new record's entitled, Who Knew It Would Be So Hard To Be Myself? great record. Just came out in February and has some fantastic songs on it. Go check that out on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, YouTube, Amazon, wherever you get your music. That's uh, Who Knew It Would Be So Hard to Be Myself, Dave Barnes's new record. And he's got a really, really actually what I think is a pretty unique tour concept, a little bit of comedy and also a little bit of uh, music. He's got lots of dates. He's on his website, davebarns.com You can get tickets still for that. I've heard from friends that it's actually one of the funniest shows that they've ever seen. And these are people that see a lot of music. They see a lot of shows. I'm looking at his website right now. In fact, he's got one here in Nashville at the Ryman Auditorium, August 3rd. I'm probably going to be getting tickets for that if I'm in town. Hilarious, amazing. So yeah, come meet me there. And hey, something really, really cool that we're doing to celebrate the launch of this new podcast is a contest. How many of you think it might be cool to win a free one-hour coaching call with none other than yours truly? Or how many of you think it might be cool to get a free copy of our Music Production Mastery course, which takes you through start to finish of how I produce songs and how my team produces songs, or how many of you think it would be cool to win a copy of our new, shh, hasn't even been announced yet, songwriting course called Song Chasers. Well, I hope all of you, and I have good news. That's possible. We're going to be doing a drawing um, at the end of this contest, and the good news is is this is not one of those contests where most people don't win anything. We're actually giving something away to every single person that enters, We're giving away a free $50 gift card to the Full Circle Music Academy. You can use that gift card for one of our courses, one of our platinum events, like a songwriter's retreat, one of our boot camps, or anything else at all that the Academy puts out. Good deal. So with the relaunch of the Made It Music Podcast, we're offering a contest for our top fans. To enter, there are four very simple things you need to do. Number one, subscribe to our podcast. That easy. Go to iTunes, hit the subscribe button. Number two, Subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the notification bell. I should say, with number one, if you listen to podcasts on other platforms like Stitcher or Castbox, you can subscribe there too. Number two, subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the notification bell. And number three, turn on post notifications on Instagram. And then lastly, number four, turn on See First. On our Facebook page. That may sound complicated. It's not that complicated. I made a little video showing you how to do all that stuff. And all you have to do is do that, do all four of those things, and then take a screenshot. So the info is at fcmcontest.com. Again, that's fcmcontest.com. You can enter the contest on that page and it'll explain everything that I said, everything you need to know if that sounded confusing. Just go to fcmcontest, all one word. Com. So hopefully I'll be having a uh, phone call with one of you pretty soon. But very excited about this episode. Learned an absolute ton. Uh, man, and just lots of lots of really good takeaways. So take notes, as always. And I uh, hope you enjoy the episode with Dave Barnes. Made it in music podcast. We're here with Dave Barnes, one of my uh, man, just you probably don't know, but you've been a hero of mine for a while. Absolutely love Um, all of your stuff ever since I heard God gave me you and Blake Shelton hit for you. And um, so very, a very multifaceted person as I've been learning in the last few minutes and I'm just really, well, (laughs) that's one way to put it, but man, thanks so much for taking the time to be here. Yeah, of course. Appreciate it. So we'll just, uh, we'll just jump straight in. And um, you know, the first question we always ask everybody on our uh, episode is what, what was the moment that you made your first dollar in music?
1: Yeah. So, um, I worked for Ed Cash after I moved to Nashville for, so I graduated from MTSU, Middle Tennessee State down in Murfreesboro and moved from there to Nashville. And a lot of people think like, oh, is it that the siren song like music was calling you? And that was true. I just started to kind of do some music stuff, but um, it wasn't like my friends all moved. And so I just kind of came with them, though. I knew Nashville would be a good place to be. But um, I worked, um, I was an extra on a movie that shot here called The Last Castle for about three months. And then um, Ed called me about May of that year, my first year living here in 2001. And he said, hey, I'm moving to town. I kind of need, we had known each other a little bit. And he said, I need somebody just to kind of help with stuff. Set up a studio, you know, babysit my kids, sing on BGVs on songs. <laughs> <It was hysterical. laughs> so I did that for about three or four months, or actually about six months. Um, and then he had recorded a band. Uh, that was about to go on tour, and I just met Matt Wirtz. And so Wirtz and I were kind of conspiring about how we could do shows together. So I think the first dollar I made was that. So my music career literally began basically January 2002. And um, and so they, I think, you know, whenever that was, like opening opened
0: them for them, was like the first time I made, yeah. you know, and it was like, uh, <laughs> the golden ticket, <laughs> you know. The, you just listed off like 10 things that were like, so you were an extra in a movie. Yeah. You got a gig working with Ed Cash, which, you know, a lot of our listeners probably, you know, they may or may not know him. But he's kind of been like the godfather behind a lot of, you know, Christian music and worship yeah. music's yeah. biggest hits. But, yeah. I mean, those two things in and of itself are not something you just kind of like stumble into.
1: Yeah, but
0: somehow I did.
1: You know, Ed, Ed. so Ed is basically kind of my big brother. He's one of my closest friends. He's been a mentor and a dear friend of mine for years. Um, and I met him through Bebo Norman. Um, and Bebo uh, had just told each of us, you guys need to meet. Like, I would met Bebo at a Young Life camp. I was actually playing drums for him for his shows during the camp and uh, and played him. I was just beginning to write songs and very sheepishly played him some stuff. And so I think personality-wise, though, more than anything, he was like, I just think you and Ed would, yeah. would get on really well. And so I uh, met Ed at one of his shows in <clears throat> Knoxville, and he was like, man, we should connect. So the next time he came to Nashville, I was still in school at the time, he called me and said, hey, I'm hanging in Nashville. I think he's recording the Cademan's, one of Cademan's calls. Out. So I came up and just hung with him in the studio that whole day. And, and we just had a really good time. Like, he and I, you know, laugh a lot. And so yeah. he just kind of was like, he he has been a huge influence in my life because he was he was kind of the first guy that was like, hey, I want to help. Just yeah. like whatever I can do to help, and that was that's a really I mean you know that's such a unique thing, and it's such a powerful thing. I think especially in an industry that can be very like doggy dog, um, not doggy dog. <laughs> that's one of my favorite things. Isn't somebody's like God, it's really doggy like, oh, dog? I'm like doggy dog world. The doggy dog world. Uh, no, but it, but he you know that that really changed my life in a lot of ways because I think it was such a good example of somebody that really didn't need to didn't need me around didn't and and yeah it was like man i just i really like you and i want to help and so he hired me on and at the end of that we made my first ep and uh and sort of stuff just i've never you know that's all i've done since yeah Um, and
0: so ed produced that for you yeah it was
1: just me and guitar we did it in a day okay it was really fast gotcha but um but he kind of did that as a favor he was like look man you know thanks for your help over the last few months and here's here's um we worked on it and got you know that was really you know i toured on that man for i think like two years wow five songs Crazy. uh yeah so that was kind of the beginning
0: yeah so when did music enable you to go full-time
1: Oddly enough, then I mean you know I had negative overhead. I mean I think I you know my rent at the time was a couple hundred bucks. I was yeah. living with a couple of couple other guys, and by the grace of God, man, I graduated school with no debt, which was huge.
0: Yeah,
1: um, I can't say how much that was a gift, um, mm-hmm. and so it, you know it, it allowed me a lot of space. Like you know when you've got. $400 you gotta right. make a month, all of a sudden, like, you know, it's. Yeah. I'll never forget that first. Now, this was a different time because, you know, you were selling CDs and shirts on the road. Yeah. And you could really make money. And yeah. I'll never forget coming home from those three weeks. So I'd open for the guy who's now my manager, his band, uh, Wurtz and I did. And then Wurtz and I did two weeks, just the two of us. And I will never forget coming home. So after Wurtz those is your manager? Weeks. No, 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 no. God, that would be a nightmare. Uh <laughs> was we're, we're, say, yeah. So the guy whose band, he he's now my manager, his band, words and I both open for the, him. Okay, okay. And then we broke off into two weeks. So I came back after three weeks of being gone, and I'll never forget laying the cash out. And it was like, I don't know, two thousand dollars. It wasn't like it was like, you know, 100 you like grand
0: pictures with it. Yeah, yeah,
1: like, <laughs> you like trying to dive into it like Scrooge. Um, which would have killed him by the well, way. Nobody Scrooge talks reference. about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, um, but, but I just remember thinking like, this is so much money, even though, yeah. you know, it was good, but, it, but it was just like, oh my God, this, this could work. Yeah. Because, but again, I just had no overhead. I was, I was living on ramen noodles and like cardboard. So.
0: And probably loving it, right? And loving it. It was yeah. the best,
1: you know? Uh, so thankfully it, it didn't. Take a lot, and I was able to do it in a way that you know. Again, I didn't have a, I didn't have a wife and kids. I didn't have yeah. like anything else having to. And I guess at know? the
0: time, Instagram didn't exist, right? No, so, no, no. so you're not, you know, comparing your living situation. No, with no, no. Ty Lopez, which you know, <laughs> which I do daily now, like,
1: hourly. I'm able to check while we're sitting here. Uh, but I think you know that's a good point. I think something that can't be understated. I mean, that's a great point, Seth. I think like, you know, those days. I benefited, and I think a lot of us did, from this inability to compare ourselves. Because, yeah. you know, Mayer was coming up then. whereas was coming up then. Howie Day was kind of coming up. And I wasn't on the wave they were. Like, I kind of caught the next wave in, Words sure. and I. But I didn't, I mean, in dark moments, I'd go like, God, I wish I could play guitar like John. Or, God, Jason's got this cool voice. But but there was just, there's too many, um, there's too many, differences. Like I wasn't born where they were. I didn't have the parents they had. I didn't have the experience. So as an artist, I wasn't sitting around going like, I wish I could be them. I w- That was inspiration. It was like, man, I love these songs yeah. and I love what John's doing. How can that affect what I'm doing? Where these days there's so many more points for comparison. And yeah. I think it's really dangerous. And I think as much just musically, like forget what it's doing to your head and how you feel about the car they just bought or the tour they're playing because they're taking you know, selfies right, right. in front of the audience, which is fine. But it's like, j- even just musically going like, well, if that music is affording them this life, well then maybe that's the music I should be doing too. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to just kind of being off in your own thing. Like I've, I feel like a lot of us were 15 years ago, just like popping yeah. up going, Hey, that's what I got, you know, <laughs> uh, which was really nice and really was sort of a blessing.
0: Yeah, man, dive into that. Cause yeah. man, you, you just hit on this whole thing that we all struggle with as, as creatives is this comparison trap. Yeah. Um, how do you deal with that? I mean, cause obviously social media is probably a, a, imagine mm-hmm. a part of what you do mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And do you just not look at it and care? Like how, what, what are some strategies?
1: You know, truthfully I have to be really careful about who I follow. I think I know myself enough to know like some people I can follow and it's just not going to do me any good. Not because I don't love them and not because some of them are friends of mine. Yeah. But just cause I know that if I see that picture, I'm going to go like, Oh, they didn't want to write with me, huh? Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. You know? And I start yeah. spiraling and, yeah. I may cry now. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it helps me. I just think knowing myself and knowing, like, what's good for me to see, what's good for me not to see, what's, you know, how can I celebrate my friends in spite of sometimes really struggling with my inadequacies compared to what feels like their adequacy. Sure. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I, I think… Uh, I think that's a lot of what this record is about. Oddly enough, so, so the record just came out. It's called "Who Knew It Would Be So Hard to Be Myself," and that's literally what yeah. it's about. I mean, there's yeah. songs that are. When I started doing this co-writing thing, especially which you know you've you've done so well with, um, it, it really rocked me because I went from a career as an artist that was successful in its version of success, uh, which obviously was not like huge. It wasn't small. It was just right sure. for me. Sure, uh, and it's been just right to, to w- there was no fixed success. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like as an artist for me, I just thought like I was so blessed because everything just felt like, oh, that's awesome. And yeah. I didn't have these aspirations where I was like, if I don't play this room by this time or just sell this many records or have a single, I was just kind of always glad to be there. Uh, writing is different because as you know so well, there's a fixed win.
0: Right. You want to get right. that
1: cut and then the single. Right. And I just didn't know how to do it. I, I, I walked into that space and I just felt like, I'm terrible at this. Like, uh, you know, other people are getting what I, I'm trying to achieve, and they're writing with the artists I want to write with, and uh, and it really messed me up. And yeah. it's in, oddly enough, in my mid thirties too, like, mm. which was really bizarre because I had this wisdom I'd gained over thirty five years of living and knowledge, yet it wasn't plug and play. Like, sure. I was like, I still feel terrible and feel like I suck and like yeah, yeah. nothing's working, and so that record is the most, this record is the most vulnerable I've ever been because I was like, you know, I just, I got to talk about this. Like, you know, there's a song called Chasing Dreams and that's what it's about. It's just like, what what do you do when stuff's not working like you want it to? Um, and so it was weird to be that old and to struggle with that because I would have thought, oh, like that was my 20s. Sure. It's like, you figure it out. And then when you add this other career to what you're doing and it takes the same time it would have in your 20s, but it's just in your 30s. It's sure. tricky because you kind of like, haven't I learned these lessons? I mean, I've had success as a writer. Why is it not working here? And then realizing, like, because it just doesn't, yeah. you know, it's a new thing. Yeah. You're you're 18 again, you know.
0: Well, I want to hear more about that. And I'm excited about your new record. Um, it's interesting because on this show, we talk to artists. We talk to people who are in the industry. We talk to managers. We talk to songwriters. Y- you kind of have blurred the lines a little bit of, of really a lot of things, and yeah. especially what you're doing with your new tour, which is you know artist but you're also a songwriter but it's also stand up comedy yeah. which I think is brilliant I want to talk about that but um can you talk about the moment that you crossed over the line from just being an artist to uh okay this is something I can do to help other artists careers yeah that that is
1: a huge deal again man I think that's Ed I think Ed um and and Chris Rice uh Both of those guys were so benevolent in their attention and care for me. Um, And I just had so many people that when I would meet them and give them records, Amy Grant, Bonnie Raitt, these artists that would just kind of go like, I just want to help you. And I remember thinking like, this is transformative. I mean, like they can literally open doors for you Mm. that you you couldn't get in. And all of a sudden people are like, yeah, cool. Coming out in here now. And you're like. Like for real, <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. I've been out there for a good yeah. few years. Now I'm just suddenly in here. So for me, there there's, I, I think that's one of my biggest passions is helping uh, people do the same thing. Cause it just, it was so huge for me. I mean, yeah, like yeah. it was, it was a huge part of my story and still is, you know? And yeah. so for me, it's, I, I, I get so much joy from being able to do the same thing for other people. Um, because, you know, and it's just so fulfilling. You yeah, just get yeah. such a great sense of uh, yeah. joy from that, you know?
0: Well, for you as a songwriter too, I mean, can you just, I know you've probably shared this story a bunch, but just for people who haven't heard it, what what was the moment that you kind of uh, found out that Blake Shelton wanted to cut one of your songs?
1: Yeah, So so long story short, a girl that worked at his label at Warner uh, <clears throat> over dinner one night, she's married now, but she wasn't at the time. She was eating with my wife and I and said, Hey, I got a random story. Blake heard, guy gave me you. And I literally was like, Blake who? Because there was no context right, for yeah. like, why would Blake Shelton hear it? Yeah. And he wasn't Blake Shelton like he is now, sure. like all caps. He was yeah, like, yeah. Big B, big yeah, S, yeah. you know, uh, where now it's all caps, and like bold, underlined, <laughs> italics, uh, maybe lightning and some emojis. Um, but, uh, but he, so, so she was like, he's heard the song. He really likes it. I think they may play it in their wedding. That was like round one. Wow. I was like, God, what an honor, you know? Yeah. And then there was some, maybe they'll get me there to do it, whatever. So fast forward, like a literally, it was like another month. She's like, okay, well, it looks like he's going to record it. Wow. And I was like, well, that's even better. And then like fast forward another two months. I show up at home and and she and my wife had thrown like a little surprise party for me that the single was gonna be the single wow um but but he had heard it was really interesting the the the, the really long version shortened is i was in a season of my career <clears> where <throat> i was just really frustrated and struggling with feeling like um it just wasn't working you know yeah. i was like why like and really struggling with lore with that like what's the deal with stuff's just not working like I wanted to. So I just prayed. I literally just started praying for encouragement. I felt like that was the word the Lord gave me. And so I was like, all right, Lord, I just want to be encouraged. And it wasn't this, like, I wasn't praying through script. It wasn't like yeah. this, you know, right. Jabez prayer prayer. I right. literally was just like, Lord, I just need encouragement. And so I wrote that song. It was the last song that was going to be on this record. Uh, it wasn't even, like, we hadn't even, we had cut the record and it was done. In fact, it was about to be mixed, and I called Ed, and I said, wow. hey, I got this new song, and I sent it to him. He's like, the band's going to be here tomorrow, be here at nine. Like, wow. it was no conversation. I was like, oh, so you like it, you know? Wow. So we go and we cut it. Um, we do kind of like a band version of it. Ed calls me. I'm on the road a bunch in this season of life, and he's like, hey man, I've kind of tweaked it because I think this could be a big song. Hmm. And so he added like the drums, like we yeah. had the lick because that's kind of what I wrote the song to, but For sure he had popped it out. Yeah. And I remember hating it. I was like, <laughs> no, you ruined it. My integrity is gone. <laughs> and he's like, dude, listen, you know that I love you. I promise you, I think, if you'll get out of the way of this thing, this could be a big song. Yeah. And so, he literally said that? Literally. And I was wow. like, all right, I mean it was a struggle too, man, because I, I really like integrity is a big deal to me, and I just didn't want any of my friends or whatever to feel like oh, you're listening <laughs> to the drum loop at the top. Go <laughs> giggle, giggle and I'm like, ah, you know. Um, so anyway, long story short, we we so uh, Buddy comes in and says, "Hey, I think this could be a radio hit at Christian," yeah. and I'd never done Christian, mm-hmm. and I wasn't against that, but I was just really careful. I was like, I didn't want to do that. That was not. I I again a lot yeah. of my career's blurred lines. It was like a foot in the Christian world, a foot in the mainstream world. Sure. And I was really scared that it would turn into like a this thing would whirlpool on me and all of a sudden I was kind of just in the Christian in. world. Yeah. 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 And not in a bad way, but that's just not my calling. Yeah. Um, and and I've just had so much I've felt like there's been such a cool thing to do in the mainstream world with me for years. Yeah. So God is on me, though, immediately. Because yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, my manager's like, man, I don't think so. And I just felt like the Lord was like, dude, you can't do this. Like, you can't pray for encouragement
0: right. and then
1: close doors. That's not how this works. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let's do it. So all of a sudden, like, it just, it does really well at Christian Radio. I had such a blast doing Christian Radio promo. I yeah. loved meeting the Christian Christian Radio world. Had yeah. so much fun. Like, legitimate. It was one of the funnest seasons of my career. Doing radio shows, you know, sure. it suited my personality really well. And met some dear friends. I mean, I yeah. loved those people and still do. And so it did really well at Christian Radio. Went to the Christian radio ASCAP Awards. It was awesome. Yeah. And I remember yeah. thinking, like, Lord, you answered the prayer. Yeah. Like there was my encouragement. And I was, and I got like weepy at the wow. broadcaster convention because I was like, guys, thank you for being a part of this answer prayer. Wow. Like wow. this has really changed my life, you know. And then that was just, that was the humor, is that that was just sort of like the beginning of, so then when when she called and told me about Blake, um, he had heard it, I guess, driving home from, uh, uh, from the airport, and he had just, he and Miranda were just beginning to date, and he just loved it, he heard it on Christian Radio. You know. I mean, how funny is that, right? Lord's like, oh, 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 I told you, you know. I don't know if he talks like that, like a radio announcer. I think
0: he does. I actually hear him exactly like <laughs> that. like and the I prices, will right? Every time I Dave, you should trust
1: me. <laughs> um, God, I'm so white. Uh, but uh, but so it ended up this beautiful answer to a prayer of just
0: encouragement, you know. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, let's jump into our Full Circle Five, and then I want to hear about your new record and the yeah. songs and yeah. the process. Yeah, yeah. Um, what one book or record do you most commonly recommend people?
1: You know that so there's two um, book. I think book that really changed my life was Life Together by Diedrich Bonhoeffer was a mm. huge book for me. That was like probably the most seminal, life changing book for me. And I read that in my twenties and early in my twenties, but it was like a game changer for me. So I always love that book and recommend that book. Um, albums, there's two. One of them is uh, Mark Cohn, who wrote Walking to Memphis. He has an album called The Rainy Season. Yeah. That was, again, a really seminal record for me. And um, that it's just really emotive and it's it's beautiful and awesome. The other is um, Tommy Sims. Um, uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, I'm blanking, but it's, um, oh, that's embarrassing. He's only got one. <laughs> so if His you Google record. it, you'll find it. <laughs> the Tommy but Tommy are- wrote, you know, "Change the World, the World yeah. and all these amazing, and he's a phenomenal bass player and yeah. multi-instrumentalist. But he made one record for Univ- for Peace and Love. Yeah, Tommy sends Peace and Love. But he made one record for Universal, spent like five bajillion dollars on it, which tanked the whole thing, of course. Sure. But it came out in the early 2000s, and it's just, to me, one of the most like gorgeous. It's the culmination of so much what I love about music. It's got cool rock and roll stuff. It's got really vulnerable stuff. It grooves. Yeah. It's he and Needham on most of it, and it just feels like yeah. it'll just break your neck, you know?
0: I love it, man. Check it out. Uh, second question. Failure only turns into a lesson if it changes the way that you uh, view or changes your perspective. right? Do you have a favorite failure that you can remember in life and maybe something that, you know, changed the way that you do things now?
1: Yeah. Um, I think this, you know, recently it's been, I really caught, so I was going to stop doing the co-writing thing. Like, I really felt like, This is a year ago, like a year and a half ago. And uh, I was just like, you know, I don't know if I can handle this failure. Like, I was so hard on myself. And I was watching my friends getting these cuts and having singles and success. And I was, like, huffing and puffing. You know, I was, like, doing… And I was like, all right, I think I'm done. I can't. And and I was just like, so miserable. And my wife even was like, I'm worrying about you. Like you Mm -hmm. are really being hard on yourself. So I was January of last year. I was like, I think I'm done. And, uh, and my publisher called and he was like, look, man, we can let you out of this. If you want to, I really would love for you to do another year here. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like good things are on the horizon. And I was like, man, let me think about it. And, um, And I kind of died a bunch of deaths in that month. I sort of let all those things like, okay, what if I never have a country single? What if I never get another country cut? What does that mean about me? What's that mean about the Lord and I? What's that mean about all these things? And I think I finally was like, you know, it's okay. Like I tried hard. And then oddly enough, because God is this way in my life sometimes, I got a call from Thomas Stratt a couple months later. And he was like, hey man, congrats. (laughs) And I was like, for what? And he's like, you got the first single off my new record and I was like could you give me a second <laughs> oh, my god, oh, my god, oh my god oh my god oh my god thank you lord thank you well, that's great that's good news man I'm glad to have- so you know and and it was a hit which is great but you know that 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 failure really changed how I viewed that it yeah. ch- it took I just don't put the pressure on myself anymore and I think I'm more okay with being myself to the point of the record title like just going you know I do what I do and that's going to be valuable in some rooms and maybe not yeah. valuable in other rooms but
0: and when you say failure, did you mean like you were just writing, uh, doing tons and tons of co-writes, and they just weren't getting cut? Just or weren't, weren't getting
1: what you... cut, weren't no singles. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, and I think this is a tricky part of that season, is a lot of my contemporaries are my age. So they're in there. I mean, they are caning it. You know, yeah. they're 30, mid-30s, late-30s. They put in their time. Yeah. But all that time, I was doing my artist thing. So I'm, I'm kind of like a freshman to their like, doctorate you sure. know what I mean but they're my buds and they're my age yeah and they came to Nashville and I came to Nashville and we're going like well these guys and girls are like getting cuts all well, I'm, and it's like well because they've been here for a long time and people yeah. know who they are and they know what they. and do. they've
0: and they've been hammering at that particular lane for for since they 10 moved 15 here. years and this and, is and this is a new if I'm hearing you right oh now, yeah brand newer, new or new, three
1: newer I'm just three years into it yeah and I had a lot of people tell me that but I just couldn't hear it I was just yeah. way too insecure to be like Okay, let me give it time. I was like, no, I stink. Right? There's no answer, but then I'm failing. <laughs> People are like, dude, failure's a big word, man. You should be careful. I was like, no, but that's what it is. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, man.
0: Before you, uh, if you can kind of rewind all the way back to the pre, um, you know, Ed Cash, being yeah. a Homer, and all those days. Yeah. If you could identify one thing that held you back from jumping in full time to a career in music, yeah, what would that have been?
1: You know, I think for me, it was just experience. Like, I literally, dude, when I got Tim Tissue, I was a drummer. I majored in drumming and percussion, Mm. and I didn't play guitar. Wow! So by sophomore year, I was playing guitar. I was writing songs. Drumming was not what it was when I got there. I was suddenly less interested in it. So for me, I literally started singing basically on stage. Mm. I mean, like, my sophomore year. And I mean, you can imagine how terrifying that was. So so, a lot of it for me was... But I was that dumb, blind ambition where I... And maybe blind ambition, but... Um, <laughs> Did you
0: say blind or blonde? <laughs> maybe both.
1: Um, but I just thought, you know, to do this, you just got to do it. Um, but I think in those moments where I was like, eh, you know, and especially moving to Nashville and you know this, like I start meeting people who've been singing since they were like neonatal. Mm, and I'm like, yeah. that guy sings. Yeah, yeah, I do whatever this is, but that like... I'm crying and he's halfway through the first verse, you know? (laughs) So I think a lot of it was just kind of like experience, you know, it's just kind of going like, I don't, I've never done this. I don't know what to do, you know? Yeah,
0: no, that's, that's good. And I I think a lot of people probably feel (laughs) the same way when they're getting started. Um, And man, and I even loved how you touched on that. Just that it's, it takes so much longer than most people realize like your friends who have been in here since their 20s and they're in their mid 30s and put in their time yeah i mean how, how long do you think it typically takes
1: so you know each each of it to me is different like i, I think there's different timelines one according you know there, there's just then i mean you know this there's those lightning strike friends you see them move to town all of a sudden they have 50 number ones in the first week and you're like yeah. what the heck you know and and, and so, so there's always the anomaly there's always the outlier, but I do think I, this is something I'm learning. I think you have to respect. I'm a big respect guy. It's the first John of me. But um, you, you have to respect the fact that other people have put in their time. So it's not fair, I think, when you show up somewhere going like, hey, everybody, check me out. When you have the class that's been there, that's the senior class, if you will, to your freshman class. Yeah. And they're going, well, hold on, man. Like, we can't make room for you because we've been waiting for our shot, too. And this is our moment. Like. Mm-hmm. Respect that because yeah. I think sometimes it's kind of like, well, I want to be up there. And it's like, well, dude, have you put in 10 years of doing this? Yeah. Well, no. Well, then maybe do that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and, and not to be disrespectful, that, but I just think like for me, you know, so for writing, I do think it's a five-year town in the country world, I think. Um, and again, you'll have guys and girls who who don't, who get here and it's I think for most of us, you know, you put in your time, people get to know you, they, and again, man, it's already so populated with hit writers, sometimes right. it's not there's not room, but it's just kind of like, hey, if we're putting together a writing camp, we kinda already know who's going to be there, sure, and and we'll try to get you in next time, or if we have somebody fall out, maybe it'll you can so you know being careful not to sort of over yeah. Dramatize that with me, going, oh, it must mean that I stink. But just going, no, man, it just means a lot of people are good too. Sure, and it's not has nothing to do with your inability; it just has to do with the fact there's a lot of people that are able. They're just really Um, good, yeah. And then the artist thing is tricky these days, man. You you probably know more about that than I do. um, Working with as many artists you do, but you know, I I think music has changed so much. I don't know. I don't even know what makes somebody successful these days, even monetarily. Like what it means to sort of be able to afford rent and and Cause you know, it's just change. Money's yeah. different now.
0: Well, you and and you segued perfectly into the next question, but like there's obviously things that are working for you right now. But mm-hmm. what what is what is something that's working for you right now?
1: You know, and here's the irony. I mean, is you couldn't have asked a more like set up the new record question. But <laughs> I think just learning to be myself, like yeah. and, and not you know, and I want to I wanna make this really clear, not just who I am, but who the Lord made me to be. Because I yeah. think we can try to find ourselves outside of our relationship with the Lord and that gets really dangerous. But I think for me going, you know, Lord, you sort of made me this weird, quirky um artist dude. And um the more I lean into that, the better, like with stand-up and yeah. not trying to not, you know, for a long time, I didn't do that on purpose. Like I was like, I don't want to, sort of like awaken the kraken too early because like what if humor overtakes my music career Mm. because music will always be my first love sure it's the most challenging i think rewarding thing that i do Mm. uh (laughs) career-wise and so music was more challenging than stand-up oh yeah much more much more yeah just because that's how i'm built humor to me is it's hard it's really hard but it's it's much more natural it's much more like being an idiot to me is pretty easy, <laughs> so you know, rank, 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 that that stuff is just in there. Uh, not to say that I'm the funniest guy ever, but but for whatever reason, you know, that's always been a little more natural. Music was always like, ooh, yeah, yeah. you know. And every day I write, it's another like, all right, we got to push this boulder up the hill, yeah. but in a good way, you know. Where humor to me is a little more like natural and. I don't have to think about it quite yeah. as much, you know.
0: And I feel like I could probably answer this myself just by everything you just told me, but if you woke up tomorrow and everything had changed, your your music business had disappeared, the the, the cuts were drying up, the singles were dried up, and the opportunities just weren't there, and you had to start from square one, but you still got, you, you get to keep all the experience, you get yeah. to keep all the knowledge yeah. and the wisdom yeah. and relationships. Where would you start?
1: You know, there's there's a few things that, that I think I would love to do. Um, I don't know that I would ever want to be a professional comedian. It's just too gnarly. That that mm-hmm. lifestyle is, I think, really hard. Um, and I don't know that I'm cut out for it. Uh, I think advertising is really fun. You know, coming up with, like, commercials for things and going, huh. like, how do we make selling super glue funny? You know, that's interesting <laughs> to me. Um, I also really love—I I love people. I love mentor discipleship stuff. I wonder if I would be at a church somewhere as, like, a— community pastor community or something like that um or counseling i think maybe um some of that um would be really fun and i think this honestly i think the podcast interview world um yeah. is really cool yeah um, so i think all those and especially the future which you guys are so wise to be investing in of podcasting i think is really bright
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's sort of like the the wild west out there in a really fun way um, Yeah. So yeah. that would be a fun, you know, sort of like see what happens with something like that.
0: It's awesome. So talk about your new record a little bit. What, yeah. are, you, what are you working on right now? Obviously, it just came out a little bit ago. Yeah. But a uh, new tour. Mm-hmm. All, what? What? what all are you working on? That you want to it's talk
1: about? Really fun, it, it's a really fun. It's a really fun season because, <clears throat> you know, again, um, we. This is just kids. I yeah. have three kids, and I'm always sick. Like, Daddy, give me a kiss for you. I'm like, oh, just like, can you just, it's just like, yeah. you don't even hear, uh, you know, this is not sinus, this is just children. It's just normal. <laughs> this is just life as a dad manifested in me sounding like this, what this yeah. is. Yeah. But um, no, it's a really fun season because a new record, I really think is maybe the best record I've ever done from beginning to end. You know, like I, so Ed and I started, Ed had to kind of bow out because it's some family stuff early on so i ended up producing the record pretty much Mm. on my own which was a real challenge but as you know really well was also really fun because i have a studio in my backyard and i could sort of dip out for two hours and really get this guitar stuff right and then where i'd never been able to do that before so i think it's the most paid attention to record i've ever done Mm. like i've really cared about this one yeah um and i'm super proud of it i think the songs are great like i don't have any of those like just just skip track six. Hey, go track seven. <laughs> Woo! You know, like I'm really proud of it because I just spent a lot of time on yeah. it. So that's fun. Um, and I think too, you know, like I, I I'm terrified of not being relevant as an artist. Mm. Like that's the thing I'm and so for me, I was like, I just want to keep making music that feels inspired, that feels like it matters. Because I just don't want to be the guy in his, you know, I'm 39 and be 40 this summer. I just don't want to be the guy that's like in my 40s writing lullabies all the time. Yeah. And like House at Pooh Corner over and over, which is great. <laughs> but the people go like, oh, we've lost him to being a father. Or, we've lost him <laughs> to irrelevance or he's super comfortable and isn't writing music that matters anymore. Mm. Um, So I think that's fun. I think the other part too is like, you know, we are leaning a lot more into the comedy part of my sort of brand, if you will. And so the tour, like we talked about a little bit, is going to be, um, music and then break, stand up, break, and then some more music and and you know so it's it's a really fun season. It feels like you know I'm entering I'm sort of beginning a new chapter of my career, which I really like because we're we're really sort of opening it up to a lot more possibilities and how it looks and and um, leaning a little more into who I am and less of what I do, mm. uh, which I think is is um, kind of terrifying, but I think is eventually hopefully going to be more effective and productive because. You know, hopefully, I can always be who I am to yeah. some version. So that if people are like, well, you know, we'd like to have you come in and do some stand up. And it's like, great, I'll go do that. And then mm-hmm. we want to have you in the band come in and do some shows. Like, cool, let's see what, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's really fun. It feels, you know, it feels like the little, ooh, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> what happens next?
0: You know, so people can hear about tour dates and everything on your website, I'm mm-hmm. assuming. Mm-hmm. Where, where do people find out about you?
1: So davebarns.com and then all the social media stuff
0: is Dave Barnes Music. All right. Yeah. Well, Dave, this has been an absolute blast. Yes. Thanks Thanks so so much. much. Yeah. I'm Seth Mosley. This has been the Made It in Music podcast. We're here at the Full Circle Music Studios. and We've been here with Dave Barnes. Again, go to DaveBarnes.com and check out his tour dates and his new record what is up. This has been Seth Mosley on the Made It In Music podcast, episode 102. As a quick reminder, go to madeitinmusic.com for all the show notes. The show is going to be up at madeitinmusic.com slash 102. And another quick reminder, do not miss our contest, giving away a free $50 gift card, not to any winner, but to every single person who enters and a chance to win a free private coaching call with me and a free course from our academy. So lots of really cool stuff. Again, the reminder is go to fcmcontest.com. All the instructions are there, fcmcontest.com. We'll see you over there. And we hope you're loving these. We hope you're loving the new format. Um, Man, you guys are incredible. You helped us hit, I I believe at the time of this recording, we're number 35 on podcasts and iTunes. So that is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, man, Next week, we've got a special treat for you. We have Jen Ledger. Yes, you may have heard of her. She's the drummer of the band Skillet, but is now also releasing a solo record. Ever since I first started working with her in the studio, I couldn't get over how talented this girl was. She's just an absolute rock star performer, incredible songwriter, and just has something just kind of captivating about her. And uh, myself and millions of other fans think Same exact thing That's why she's um, Where she is So stick around Lots of really good stuff To learn from her And her journey in the music industry, what she's learned moving uh, all the way from England over here when she was super young to join the band, has been touring ever since then, and has just learned a ton of lessons that she uh, really just opens up and gets pretty vulnerable about. So uh, if I were you, I wouldn't miss that one. That's next episode, 103, Jen Ledger on the Made It Music Podcast. As always, this show is produced by the Full Circle Music Company with editing help from Jordan Salomone. And we look forward to seeing you on episode 103.